Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, it is no longer about me. But it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I'll live according to the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul settled everything at the very beginning. And he realized everything I do must be measured by everything Jesus did. Ladies and gentlemen, this is called trust. And this ultimately gave Paul the security that whether he was in jail or whether he had nothing or whether he had everything, he said, I could be content no matter what because I know what he has told me in Ephesians chapter 3 is that he will never leave me nor forsake me. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm concluding our series on the heart and passion of God, or basically vision and purpose of Victorious Life Christian Center. Last week, Pastor Philemon did an incredible job of of talking about seeing things that you don't see and, and believing for things you've never believed for. And, and then we, we talked about uh, the different aspects of reaching the lost and, and the sole purpose and why Victorious Life is a church. Well, today I want to conclude this message with probably one of the most important messages that I'll teach this year. And it's a message that I've just simply titled, Security Equals Trust. And trust brings security. I'm not going to take a lot of time. As you can tell, my voice probably won't carry it through. So I'm probably going to do more reading today than I normally do. I usually walk around a lot. I usually gaze at my notes. But today I'm probably just going to take you through that. Are you all okay with that? In your notes, man is so desperately wants to be secure. How many can say amen? There's not a thing. We just celebrated Valentine's Day yesterday. And one of the greatest things that a woman says that she wants is leadership and security. She wants a man that will be a man and lead his home. And she wants to know that she's secure, that whether they have much, whether they have little, that she will be secure in that home. That security comes for him, for the kids, for the home, Man desperately wants to be secure. Yet what I have discovered is that in the day and hour we live, especially security is most times based on priorities. 
We think we're secure if things are going the way we think they should go. How many would agree with that? We like things to go. I'm a guy. You know what? And guys are kind of systematic. Well, maybe not all guys. Okay? But guys are just kind of, hey, let's just put the, put the pedal to the metal. Let's just kind of get this done. We're like bulls in a china closet. You wives missed a great place to say amen. My wife says I go some places. It is like I just go in there and I just plow through. Don't you see? I just kind of plow. Okay. Man tries to achieve security. Listen to this. Through financial gain, material gain, but it doesn't stop there. Through personal and even relational gain. We try to build relationships with people that think we will become secure if we have a relationship with that. There's a lot of people get into marriage because of security. Horrible reason to get into marriage. But they get in there because of this false concept that I'll somehow be secure if I do this or if I know these or if I go here, if I get this job. There are people that, tra- that, that move all over the place for the promise of a job because they're looking for security. Am I making sense today? You see, what man is trying to do is man is trying to find his place. He's, excuse me, trying to make his place under the sun. Yet God said, that's our first mistake. Because ladies and gentlemen, God already made a place for us in the sun. Our priorities determine our security. And our securities are what determine our trust. I've used this as our flagship text pretty much through the entire series. And today I want to take you through the very center section of the only sermon Jesus ever taught. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. I find it interesting as I read the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to read the only sermon Jesus ever preached on this earth, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's the, ser- <coughs> it's the Sermon on the Mount. And we, when we were in Israel recently, and when we do our trip to Israel, we'll take you to the place uh, that Jesus actually did the Sermon on the Mount. And it'll be a, just a wonderful, wonderful time. And you'll be able to hear people hundreds and hundreds of yards away talking as they're walking next to the Sea of Galilee, and you're going to hear their voice just like it's there. And it's just amazing how God set this whole thing. It's like a natural amphitheater. But the only sermon that Jesus ever preached, and I think the irony is that right smack dab in the middle of it, we find this issue of security. And I want to read it to you. I've got several things that I want you to underline, very familiar portion of Scripture, but I want you to underline this. And I'm going to skip through it. We're going to have things on the screen. I'm going to skip through it. Do not store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Underline that, please. And then skip down to the next line. But store for yourself treasures in heaven. Do not store up for things on the earth, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now listen, that is totally contrary to security. If I don't have a nest egg, it's not talking about that. It's talking about trust. Because you cannot have security without trust. All you have is platitudes. Are you with me? Don't store for yourself things on the earth, but store up rather things in heaven. 
drop down a couple ver- couple lines. The eye is the lamp of the body. We're talking about where we put the perspective of life. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, if your perspective is good, if your priorities are good, your whole body will be full of light. Every aspect of your life will be full of the things that God wants them to be full of. But if your eyes are bad, if you are looking other ways to become secure, if you're looking other ways to become confident, if you're looking for other ways to be self-sufficient, look what he says, if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And even the good you do will be great darkness. Now, this is kind of, this is kind of interesting to look at, isn't it? Right smack dab in the only sermon Jesus spoke, he spoke about trust. And then he goes, you can't serve two masters. You'll hate one, you'll love the other. You'll be devoted to one, you'll not be devoted to the other. Can't serve God and money. That word money comes from the Syrian word out of the original language. Mammon or mammon literally means the world system. Many translations, translators use the word money because that's what most people, you know, used to be the golden rule. Now it's he who has the gold makes the rule. Look what it says here. Therefore I tell you, underline these words. Well, actually, I want you to underline the eye is darkness and how great is the darkness, that whole section. Underline this part here. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Circle that. Underline that. Put asterisks around it. Do not worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. I mean, this is, kind of, this is kind of serious stuff that Jesus is saying. You think he might know what he's talking about? See, even in the day, one of the things that were happening at the, at the weights and measures area, they were actually robbing from the people. We've seen movies where they've made the, the weights out of different things other than they were supposed to. And they were actually trying to manipulate the system. Well, we do the same thing today. Say, Pastor, how do we manipulate the system? The better we dress, the better we are. The better car we drive, the better we are. We'll go into debt. We'll buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. You know, we spend our whole lives trying to keep up with the Jones. The moment you catch up, they refinance. It's just what happens. But this is society. This is life. Are you with me today? Right smack dab in the middle, Jesus said, get your priorities straight. And then I want you to underline this. Highlight it bold. Is not life more important than anything you wear, anything you eat, anything you have? The birds don't toil. They don't work. They just fly around. And God takes care of them. The lilies of the valley, they said they were more grandiose than all of Solomon, anything he ever had. 
He said, if God takes care of the birds who do nothing, and takes care of the flowers who do nothing, what's happening with you? What's happening with me? Why do we toil so much? Now, don't get me wrong, folks. We've got to work. We've got to make a living. We've got to take care of our family. We've got to make our wife secure, our kids secure, our husband secure. Right. No problem. But I think much of the toil, the stress, the struggle comes because our security is not in trust. We're trying to trust in our securities. Am I making any sense today? He goes on there, and I want to drop down quite a ways with these words. And I'm speaking to all of us, all ye of little faith. I, I've had the privilege of traveling around the world, and I've seen people literally with nothing, and I've been around people that had, they had no need of nothing. But the happiest people that I've ever met are the people that seemingly, in most people's eyes, have nothing. But they trust in something. And they'll sit down at their table and they'll have a very little bit of meal. But they'll rejoice like it's a banquet. They'll rejoice and they'll glorify God. They'll lift their voices and sing. Why? Because they know where their help comes from. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me, please. I think we need to reorder our priorities. I think we need to come to the place, especially in the news that I've been reading and the world that I've been watching, because you guys know your pastor is a news junkie. The only reason I am, because I want you to be informed of what's going on. The stuff that I see on the horizon Our security better be in trust. Not trusting in our securities. Let's drop down, O ye of little faith. Look what it says here. Do not worry. Underline that, please. What you shall eat, drink, wear. And then I want you to highlight this area here. For this is what the world does. This is what the pagans do. They get all caught up in all that stuff. He says, your father knows what you need. And then he gives us the key to this entire sermon. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All the stuff the world tells you you need, he said, don't worry, I'll take care of that. I'll give that to you. But you've got to trust my kingdom, my righteousness. Do not worry about anything else. The world, and even tomorrow, look at this, will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble. How many think it would be pretty cool if we could just grab a hold of that thought? Let me, I'm going to break down this, this middle part of the Sermon on the Mount Trust is earned over time, yet it's lost in a moment. The Bible teaches us that God is love. 
But it also teaches us that God is who we trust. Yet, when we become a Christian, have you ever noticed that immediately some of us will jump and trust God unashamedly, unequivocally, without reservation? But then other of us kind of tip our foot in the water a little bit, see if it's cold or not, see how it feels. And it takes us a longer time to jump in. But it only takes one moment for something to lose that trust, doesn't it? It can be a, a preacher. It can be a church member. It can be your finances going south and you say, God, you're supposed to take care of this. What's going on? Jesus talks about trust in this world and eternity. He tells us that there are two basic ways. He said you can trust in earthly things and temporary life which is what it talks about in verse 19 of our text. Do not store up for things in this earth. I've shared this story here, but it bears repeating. When I was a young pastor, I remember a funeral of a child. I mean, it's just a baby. Didn't do good, didn't do bad, but died at a young age. And I got ticked off at God. I said, God, what gives? You could have saved this child I mean, we look at abortions, millions, tens of millions. God, you could have saved us. And God put this statement to me just as clear as I'm standing here. He spoke to me and he said, you put too much value on human life. And then he said these words that changed my life forever. He said, I put value on eternity. That baby's in my arms right now. Every one of those abortions are in my arms. No, it's wrong. It's murder. The Holocaust, the, the travesties that are happening in the world. It's, it's just blatant murder. But God said, if they're my child, there's no greater thing that I rejoice in than when he comes home, when she comes home. But so many of us, the world has tempered us to trust in the here and now than the then and there. Am I making any sense? We have been groomed to trust what we see. When God's word tells us over and over that we need rather to trust what we believe if we're ever going to see what we need to see. He talks about the frailty here in Matthew 6, the frailty of worldly possessions and how we misplace our priorities by trusting in them things. And then he goes on and talks about how moss and they can destroy and rust and all this. He said, this is the end result of all of those. Listen to this. This is the end result of all of those who trust in the temporal world and uncertain securities. All of the world's possessions will one day decay. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. So let me ask you, we're not talking about just financial gain. We're not just talking about material gain. We're talking about personal and relational gain. What happens, sir, when things don't go the way you have it all set out that it's going to go? 
You work your whole life, and it's time for retirement. And all of a sudden, the government crashes or something crashes. Where's your retirement? You work your whole life building a beautiful house, and all of a sudden, the day before your retirement, it burns to the ground. You say, Pastor, those, you know, you're just, those are just speculative. Those are, are just, you know, no, folks, they're facts. You work your whole life, husband and wife, and the day you retire, one dies. Where is our security then? That, that man and his wife, if one of them dies, his security, her security rests, and he trusts that one day I'm going to be with her again. That home burns down. Well, praise the Lord, baby. We started out with nothing. We start again. Where, where does our trust lie? Is our trust in that, <coughs> that security? Or is it in something much more? I, I found this on, one of you guys placed it on Facebook. I get Facebook junk all the time. Junk, I, stuff. Please, I'm not saying your stuff's junk. And this was just so incredible. And it was credited, I think, to Greg Laurie, but I'm not sure because I couldn't, I couldn't read it, who it. But actually it said this. People talk about all they've given up to follow Christ. And he goes on to say, you gave up nothing but sin and a future in hell. I mean, that kind of just boom right in my face. What, what are we? Well, you know, Pastor, I give up time to be at church. I mean, our worship team. Folks, what you hear on Sunday morning doesn't just happen on Sunday morning. They put in hours and hours and hours of personal practice and personal time, and then we come together other times to practice again and again. We don't just get up here, plug in, and sing a song. This, there's a purpose for this, and that's to bring you into his presence. And that's what our whole life revolves around in the worship. Yet we, quote unquote, give up our time. Give up our resources. Give up fill in the blank. But really, have we given up anything but sin and hell? The second way that he talked about the way people put their trust is they can trust in and invest in eternal treasures. How do we do that? The second part of 1 Timothy 6 tells us very clearly, but put your hope in God. Put your trust in God who richly provides everything. And then underline this, folks. It's not just for your need, not just for your you know, getting by. Look what it says here. Our enjoyment. Do you know God wants you to be happy? He really does. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have prosperity. He just doesn't want any of that to be the reason for you. Command them that are good. Or excuse me, command them to do good. To be rich in doing good to be generous, to be willing, to give it all away, to share it all. In this way, look what it says, they will lay up for themselves treasures and a firm foundation in the age to come. 
that they may take hold of the life. Look at this. That truly is life. So what do we do? We do this by trusting God, verse 17. We put what we think aside and put what we know in place. We do good before God and others. We don't only know what to do, but we do what we know. And in doing this, we're laying up treasures in heaven. We're laying up treasures in We're laying up security because we're putting trust in the only one that the devil can't steal away from. Can you say amen? You see, the Bible tells us to always be prepared for what isn't, what we don't know. I've shared this story before, but I put it in your notes because I thought it was such a great story. Sigmund Freud's story about this man who was shipwrecked on an island in the South Seas. And he was seized by the natives and, and hoisted to their shoulders, carried to the village, set on a crude little throne. And little by little, he learned it was their custom each year to make one person king for a year. And he liked it until he started thinking about what happens to this guy and what happened to all the former kings after that year. And he soon found that after their kingship had ended, they'd been banished to an island where they ultimately starved to death. Well, the sailor thought, I need to send things ahead. I need to prepare. So he didn't like the thought that he's going to starve to death someday. So he, being a smart king, king, after all, for a year, put his carpenters to work making boats, his farmers to work transplanting fruit trees to the island that he was going to be cast away to. Farmers growing crops, masons building houses. When his kingship was over, he was banished not to a barren island, but to an island of great abundance. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens in this life. We put all of our securities in something, and we say, I'm trusting this is going to be good, and it's gone in a moment. It's gone in a, in a measure of time. It's gone in an instant. What are we trusting in then? See, this is a good parable of life. Why? Because in this life, we're all kings for a little while, able to do with our life whatever we choose with all the stuff we have. This is why right in the middle of the only sermon he ever preached, he said, you better be careful of what you trust in. Is this making sense today? You better be careful of where you're putting your trust. I'm going to take the next 10 minutes And I'm going to break down the rest of this part of the Sermon on the Mount. Where our treasure in your notes is. Instead of treasure, write the word confidence. Certainty. Trust. Where our confidence, certainty, trust is. That's where our security is must be. Our view of life, our view of what this world consists of comes from our heart, our mind, and our will. And we have to choose who's governing who. Verse 21 of our text, it talks about the heart. It talks about trusting God with all of the heart and believing 
verse 22 to 23, talks about our mind and how our mind is the window of the eye of our life. You know, the eye is the window of our mind. And everything that we choose to lay our sight upon begins to take shape in a place called security. I, if I have that, I'll have this. How many ever thought like that besides me? You know, I thought, man, if I could just get a, 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 a better guitar, I would play better. Well, it kind of was okay, but, you know. Or if I get this, I, I'll be that. And you can fill in whatever blank. But is this not the view that many of us, if we'll be honest, I could just give my wife this, she would be happy. If I could just give my husband that. How many of you kids complain about something until you get it? You mess with it for a moment and then you're done with it. This is, this is what it is. Our eye is the window. Talks about the mind. Verse 24 talks about our will and how we must make priority choices. In other words, we must choose who is our source. From whom does our time and life and possessions really belong? And I'll take you into probably one of the greatest apostles that we know of, the Apostle Paul. He was able to do all that he did because he settled the issue of priorities at the very beginning. And we don't have it on the screen, but it's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, what does it say? My mind's gone blank. (coughs) Somebody started for me and I'll finish it. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, it is no longer about me. But it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I'll live according to the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul settled everything at the very beginning. And he realized everything I do must be measured by everything Jesus did. Ladies and gentlemen, this is called trust. And this ultimately gave Paul the security that whether he was in jail or whether he had nothing or whether he had everything, he said, I could be content no matter what because I know what he has told me. In Ephesians chapter 3 is that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He knew the insecurity of a man with divided loyalties would be his devastation. Look at James chapter 1. When you ask him, be sure, when you're talking to God, when you're asking of God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. Such people should not expect to receive anything from God. Pretty hard words, isn't it? C.S. Lewis said, if you focus on the earth, you will lose heaven and earth. But if you focus on heaven, God will throw the earth in. Say, here you go. 
Since then, Colossians 3, you have been raised with Christ. Set your thing, your heart on the things above. Set your mind on the things above, not earthly things. Remember, heavenly treasure only equals earthly hope. But there is only one. Or excuse me, heavenly treasure is the only thing that equals earthly hope. And this is the only true hope. When our life in Christ becomes Christ in our lives, then we truly have hope. And this is what happens. I'm just breaking down the rest of the verse. This is what happens when we don't worry, when our hope is in Christ. Verse 25 says we fully understand that he's the one that gives us value to this life. Verse 26 says that we fully understand our value is in God, not in things. Verse 27, we fully understand that worry is useless and actually can shorten life. Verse 29, we understand that power and wealth are an outgrowth of our trusting God. Verse 32 says that we fully understand worry is only a reflection of unbelief. It's putting our trust someplace else. Fully understand in verse 33 that worry keeps us from trusting God. And verse 34, we fully understand that worry itself will keep us afraid of facing life, of making decisions. You see, when we put Christ first without worry, we are simply attesting to who is the Lord of our lives. In every situation that I face in my life, my wife and I, we have these conversations at times when money might be short. Who is our source? When things are going the way we think they have, they should have gone, who's the one in charge? See, these are conversations that we have to remind ourselves. You see, What the scripture tells us to do, if we're going to truly have security, we have to, without equivocation, come to a place of fully trusting the only one that can make us secure. In every situation, what did God say? Well, the bank says this. Don't care what the bank says. Well, you know, my boss says this. I don't care what my boss says. My Bible tells me in the book of Psalms, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor my seed begging for bread. Can I tell you something, an honest truth? I have never a day in my life not had a job in my adult working life. You're saying, Pastor, come on, you're crazy. You've, everybody's not had a job. No. Oh, I might have been punching the clock, but when I wasn't punching the clock, my job was to find a job. I've never not had a job. And therefore, I've never gone without. Oh, I may not have had every Big Mac I wanted. But I had Big Macs, if that's what you want. You see, a Christian, you and me, and ladies and gentlemen, I say this with the depths of my heart, especially what I see coming down the pike. That's not a fearful thing, folks. This is a glorious time for us to fully trust in Christ. 
It doesn't matter what happens in the world. What matters is what happens in Christ, in me. For he is the hope of glory. Can I hear you say amen? So let me say these things. If Christians will keep their focus on Christ, on his promises and his provisions, in your notes, Number one, we'll always have God's presence. Look what it says in Matthew 28. I'm going to be with you everywhere, even to the end of the age. If we will keep our focus, our trust, our commitments, we will always have all of his. We'll always be all of ours. Look what Matthew said, or Jesus said in, in John 16. He said, the spirit will take what is mine and will make it yours. I can't believe nobody's shouting hallelujah. Number three, if we'll keep our promises and provisions focused in Christ, Satan will be subject to us through Christ in everything. Look what it says here. Underline this in your notes. I've given you authority to overcome and circle that all the power of the enemy. There ain't nothing Mr. Red Toes can do. No, that ain't good English, but it's good preaching. Number four, if we will make him our trust, we can be secure in this, that we will always know God's peace. Look what Jesus said in in John 14. He said, I'm going to give you peace. Not the kind that the world gives that is so flaky. I'm going to give you my peace peace number five all of how God sees if we'll just make him get your eyes off your job get your guys off your eyes off your bank account get your eyes off your relationships get everything focused to heaven as God sees we will begin to see I love this passage, and I wanted to throw it in John 15. Jesus is preparing to leave. And he said, guys, I don't call you disciples anymore. I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Because everything that my dad has told me, I'm giving to you. I'm telling you. God loves us so much. Faith. Trust, belief. He said, I'll keep you secure in all these things if you'll just trust. Everything that God has is ours today. Now that is security. Can I hear you say amen? And as we keep our relationship with God first, he will cause us to be blessed. I close with these words. Man, I did it in 10 minutes too. As we pursue God, folks, it's in your notes. As we pursue God, when you go all the way back to the blessings of Abraham, which are the blessings that we abide under, his blessings pursue and overtake us. He told us to trust, seek, and obey. He said, seek first my kingdom 
and my righteousness and all the other stuff I'll take care of. So if you and I will believe on, hold to, and stand in him, all victory will always be ours. Amen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.